well, good afternoon, signori, uh, signore, I expect, I should say. Um, delighted to have Alessandro Profumo here. Um, he and I uh, met in the distant past when I regulated part of his operations uh, here in the UK, and I've also been to see him in uh, Milan. The uh, Unicredit has, of course, in recent years been um, one of the great consolidators in European banking, taking on uh, Hupo Vereins Bank and taking on uh, Capitalia uh, and expanding into um, Central and Eastern Europe as well, um, and has been uh, one of the uh, more solid pillars of the European banking system in this crisis, though that uh, solid is a sort of relative term in banking uh, these days, I guess. Uh, but uh, he's going to talk to us about the role of banks in a globalized economy, balancing innovation and uh, stability. But before, let me just give you a little bit more information uh, about him. Uh, he was at Bocconi University, where he, in fact, is now uh, on the board working with uh, Mario Monti, who is the rector, my opposite number there. Um, and he also in Italy, I think, would be regarded as being a social democrat, I think is, uh, broadly speaking, uh, how I would put it. Um, but perhaps most significantly uh, is a supporter of Inter Milan. Um, <laughs> I hope that some of our uh, Greek supporters, perhaps Panathinaikos supporters, are with us uh, this evening, uh, because you had a little local difficulty with Panathinaikos last week, as I yeah. uh, understand it, um, uh, even in uh, the San Siro, which must have been a challenging evening for you. But um, we uh, actually, I think, looking at the table, it's, uh, it would have to be some wholly implausible set of results that would cause you not to carry on uh, in the Champions League uh, this year. So that probably can be regarded as a little local difficulty, but nothing more serious. Anyway, um, and whether you're going to talk extensively about football this evening, I don't know. Um, but uh, Mr. Profumo has agreed to talk to us for 25 minutes or so, and then we'll take some questions. So welcome to the LSE. Thank you. Many, many thanks. It's uh, quite embarrassing for me to talk in front of you uh, that uh, you have been uh, uh, a very famous regulator of the financial industry and in, in front of so many students uh, here in the London uh, School of Economics. Uh, I'll try to do my best uh, and uh, uh, I will try to answer also to all your questions. Uh, a few words on who we are as a group and then I will talk a little bit of uh, uh, the uh, role uh, of the uh, banking industry or the financial industry in uh, this uh, globalized economy. Uh, as Unicredit Group, today we are a group with uh, uh, more or less uh, 175,000 uh, employees, 36% uh, uh, more or less in Italy, the rest outside of Italy. This is uh, quite important because it uh, gives you an idea on uh, uh, how the uh, process uh, has been complex in terms of integration of so many different cultures. <laughs> Today, 45-46% of the revenue base uh, is in Italy, so we are uh, uh, slightly more efficient, uh, mainly because of the fact that a huge portion of our colleagues are in Central Eastern Europe, uh, where uh, uh, clearly the revenue per capita are uh, lower. Uh, we are uh, um, the uh, major bank, uh, so the largest bank, and I'm saying that because this is also in the perspective of the regulators is quite irrelevant in uh, five different countries which are not Italy. Uh, so we are the main bank in Poland, in Austria, uh, in uh, Bulgaria, in Croatia, in Bosnia and Herzegovina. The second largest bank in Italy, the third one in Germany, um, and then uh, we have a significant presence uh, in many uh, different uh, other countries. Uh, uh, more or less all the Central Eastern European countries, uh, plus uh, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and uh, Russia. Um, today we have uh, uh, something like 3.7% of the deposit base on the European Euro area base. Uh, so if we consider other countries, I think we are uh, slightly uh, uh, larger than that. Uh, this is uh, quite important because uh, uh, if you consider Bank of America and U.S. to have 9%, 9.5% of the market. Uh, so we are still uh, very small and this is uh, relevant because it means that the European market is still very fragmented. 
uh, and uh, um, this is also quite important for the second part of my talks because uh, one of the main questions is uh, if it does any sense to talk of uh, a single European market and uh, of uh, a player which is a commercial bank uh, in uh, such a market. <coughs> um, I think that I've said uh, more or less uh, everything. I'm managing the bank uh, since uh, uh, 97 as a CEO and uh, uh, since 95 as general manager. So it's quite impressive for me because when uh, we meet uh, uh, with uh, the other bankers, I'm by far the oldest in the position, uh, <laughs> which is not exactly uh, something uh, uh, good, uh, I think, for the industry and maybe even for me. Uh, so in theory, uh, which are the roles uh, of a bank uh, in, uh, in a, an economy? Uh, clearly, the first uh, key role is uh, to allocate uh, uh, the credit activity in an efficient way. Uh, so it's uh, called uh, the uh, um, uh, allocation function uh, of the credit activity, which is quite relevant because it means uh, to provide money to the good companies and uh, uh, to ask that money to the companies which are not performing, which is not exactly companies or households, uh, uh, the role uh, which is uh, expected uh, uh, by us, uh, at least uh, in this period of time. Secondly, um, to uh, offer to our households uh, customer choices in terms of how to allocate uh, uh, their assets and uh, uh, how to manage uh, their risk profile. Uh, one concept that has to be very clear is that uh, um, uh, risk and return are quite related. It seems uh, like uh, uh, Monsieur de la Palis uh, uh, declaration, but unfortunately in some cases we are seeing that uh, uh, this view is not uh, uh, exactly uh, clear. And finally, uh, to manage uh, transactional services, uh, uh, payment uh, and uh, uh, securities uh, uh, settlements. So uh, all these functions are uh, in theory, our function quite clearly uh, a well-functioning financial uh, industry and banking uh, industry is quite relevant in order to maximize uh, the sustainable growth of the economy. Uh, clearly, something has not uh, functioned in the proper way. We made mistakes uh, as an industry. Uh, we have to understand uh, which kind of mistakes uh, we have done and mainly which are the main questions we have in front of us uh, uh, for uh, uh, the future. Uh, we have not uh, managed properly uh, the origination activity, uh, mainly because uh, there has been a disconnection in terms of incentivization uh, on uh, how to originate uh, in order to the risk that was kept on the uh, balance sheet of the, uh, of the different financial intermediaries. Uh, this is more true for uh, the Anglo-Saxon model, where the originate-to-distribute model was used more, uh, which is very efficient in terms of capital usage, clearly. Uh, has uh, created uh, uh, issues. Uh, uh, I think that we don't have to confuse uh, the physiological uh, uh, perspective from the pathological perspective because uh, uh, clearly the originate to distribute model uh, uh, in theory is quite uh, efficient because you can spread risk uh, in the end of uh, players which are specialized in uh, or at least must be specialized in uh, analyzing this risk, uh, mainly institutional investors, and you can optimize uh, the level of capital that is in the economy. The problem is that if uh, you don't have any um, incentive in uh, uh, being selective on the origination side, uh, you would lose uh, uh, the right uh, perspective. So we don't have to confuse uh, physiology with uh, uh, pathology. We have under-evaluated uh, uh, many risks, mainly the liquidity risk, uh, I would say, because uh, for all of us, uh, liquidity was considered as a water for a fish, something that was always there. Uh, while uh, we have learned, uh, all of us, uh, that uh, this is not uh, the reality. And finally, um, there has been uh, the development of models that uh, uh, are not uh, sustainable, uh, business models that are not sustainable, I'm not only referring to the originate to distribute uh, model, but also uh, some very specialized uh, model in the value chain uh, in terms of uh, services to the customer base. Um, to be practical, uh, uh, companies that are using the balance sheet without having a deposit base, in my opinion, will not survive. Uh, so we don't see, uh, so the, some business model is really dead. Uh, 
we can't have a leasing company without uh, a deposit base, we can't have uh, a consumer credit company without uh, uh, a deposit base, we can't have uh, a uh, wholesale bank uh, uh, on uh, the lending market without a deposit base. So clearly this uh, will change uh, quite a lot uh, uh, the future of our, uh, of our uh, uh, industry. Uh, and then, talking of innovation, uh, we are always talking of innovation uh, in terms of uh, um, products, mm, derivatives, credit derivatives, uh, uh, options, and so on and so forth, uh, that clearly have been uh, uh, very important. Uh, we are talking of innovation in terms of processes. Uh, I think that we are a little bit under-evaluating uh, the fact that there has been two uh, significant innovation in terms, again, of uh, strategic uh, uh, structure of companies. One is uh, uh, the uh, uh, universal bank concept. Uh, and I'm talking of universal bank uh, in the sense of different risks that are managed within uh, or in on the same balance sheet. Uh, and then uh, we'll try to say uh, something on that. Uh, and uh, uh, the uh, multinational commercial banks. Uh, since uh, a few years ago, the concept of having a cross-border uh, integration process was not uh, considered. And this is creating uh, new challenges uh, for uh, the future. Talking of uh, the different uh, uh, risks uh, uh, we are uh, uh, managing uh, uh, in the concept of universal banks, uh, I, I would uh, uh, split uh, two different uh, uh, categories of risk because, in my opinion, this uh, will be quite important uh, for the future. Uh, market risk. Uh, um, and uh, uh, the other risk, uh, credit, uh, uh, reputation, uh, so counterparty reputation and liquidity risk. Uh, personally, I think that uh, um, to have together uh, in uh, what uh, we are used to call uh, commercial banking and investment banking uh, is something that is uh, significantly challenged for the future. Uh, because my personal view is that uh, if you want to be in uh, uh, the market side of investment banking, uh, so to, to manage uh, uh, market risk uh, uh, with uh, institutional counterparts, uh, you have to have, uh, uh, a, or by definition, you will have a volatility of your results. And uh, you have to manage uh, uh, such a complexity in terms of risk management and uh, position taking in order to be profitable that this is not uh, sustainable uh, for banks uh, that do have a significant retail base. Because as we have learned from uh, uh, the past uh, few months, uh, an, a very high volatility in uh, the uh, valuation of your uh, uh, stock can uh, affect significantly the reputation you have uh, on uh, the uh, retail uh, customer base. And this is something that uh, uh, for the future uh, will be uh, unmanageable. Uh, so um, I think that this is uh, something uh, uh, very relevant. Uh, all of us, uh, we were saying uh, that the, invest the pure investment banking model is dead. I think that, uh, on the contrary, uh, we will have uh, a few numbers of uh, uh, pure investment banks mainly focused in uh, uh, market-making uh, activities with institutional counterparts uh, that uh, will manage uh, in, uh, with a significant uh, uh, potential volatility uh, their results, uh, potential with a very high profit, but uh, as well uh, losses. Uh, so, um, and uh, uh, I think that this, uh, um, and the, uh, the border of these uh, players with hedge funds uh, will be difficult to be defined, but uh, uh, at the end uh, uh, we will have such kind of model. On the other side, uh, we will have banks uh, managing mainly uh, counterparty risk. Uh, reputational risk is something that uh, we are never talking of. In reality, uh, as uh, I said at the beginning, we are managing uh, the risk profile of our customers. And uh, uh, the way we, and the transparency in the, the uh, selling process uh, we have vis-a-vis uh, -vis our customers uh, in terms of uh, risk profile uh, is clearly defined by the law. Now the MIFID is uh, helping quite a lot, but we know perfectly that there are many gray areas. 
So uh, I think that this is uh, one of the major uh, uh, risks uh, we have to consider. And finally, there is uh, the liquidity risk, uh, which is, uh, again, uh, uh, quite uh, important. Why I'm saying that these uh, uh, three risks uh, uh, must be uh, considered together? Because I think that this uh, is really um, uh, the uh, major portion of the uh, decision uh, uh, must be taken in terms of governance uh, within uh, uh, the, uh, the board uh, of our companies. Uh, in having a clear view on uh, what is uh, the trade-off uh, we can manage uh, of the three risks in terms of uh, profits vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis sustainability. So I think that this is uh, uh, something uh, very, very relevant. Uh, Clearly, um, we have uh, to uh, rediscuss uh, all uh, these uh, uh, different risks. I'll make uh, some uh, clear example in, uh, in order to be uh, related to uh, the role of banks uh, in, uh, um, in the globalized world. Ta talking of uh, counterparty risk. Uh, uh, the first risk, and we have different uh, categories, the first risk is the concept of country risk. Uh, again, is something which has been uh, relatively under-evaluated uh, in the past. Uh, now, uh, as we are seeing, uh, this uh, is becoming again uh, a key topic. Uh, this can uh, shape uh, our strategy, and, but can shape also the services we can provide to our customers. If uh, I have uh, or have not uh, a presence uh, in a country, or when I'm uh, the largest, uh, the shareholder of uh, the largest bank in a country, uh, clearly uh, my view on the country risk uh, can affect significantly uh, the service to my customer, but as well uh, the growth of the country where uh, I'm uh, the owner. So this is uh, uh, something pretty complex. We have to consider that, for instance, Central Eastern European countries have sold their banking system to foreign, foreign owners, mainly because uh, they were thinking, and they were right, uh, that uh, uh, thanks to that there would be a significant inflow of capital injected by the parent company and their subsidiaries in order to sustain the local economy. And this is one of the reasons why Central Eastern Europe grew as a uh, we have seen uh, in the past uh, few years. So clearly, uh, I think that in this perspective, we are playing a very important role. Uh, uh, clearly, how to manage uh, country risk uh, is becoming uh, more and more uh, relevant. Then uh, uh, we have a second uh, uh, level uh, of choices, uh, which is uh, segments, uh, and uh, uh, then uh, um, industry, if we are in the corporate sector. When I'm talking of segments, uh, uh, retail versus corporate, again, uh, uh, is quite important. Uh, typically, in many uh, emerging economies or uh, converging economies, uh, the growth rate uh, of uh, the uh, uh, corporate sector and uh, the growth rate of the uh, loan demand is significantly higher than the growth rate of deposits, uh, because uh, you, this is a, a typical concept of accumulation. So you start investing. Uh, in, uh, <coughs> uh, in plants, uh, infrastructure, and so on. Then you have a development of the uh, GDP, and finally you have uh, a deposit growth. Uh, the choice if to be present or to uh, push uh, your support to corporate or not to, uh, to push this, uh, uh, this activity is quite relevant, again, in terms of uh, uh, growth rate of the country. It's also relevant in terms of structure of the balance sheet. Because at the end, uh, the more uh, you grow in uh, the corporate business, uh, the more you have uh, a balance sheet which is unbalanced. Uh, because you have a loan-to-deposit ratio uh, above uh, 100, and so you have to finance uh, the gap uh, in, uh, um, with different in instruments. Then there is the industry choices, and finally, the counterpart uh, choice. Uh, clearly now we are seeing uh, all the intervention made by governments uh, uh, and uh, all the interventions uh, are saying we are uh, uh, supporting the uh, capital uh, of the banks uh, in order to have uh, a high growth uh, rate uh, or at least uh, not to have a credit crunch uh, for our uh, local economies. Um, this could be uh, really dangerous because I think that in this uh, uh, moment, uh, clearly, we have to support uh, the 
well performed on the companies or the companies that do have a, a positive uh, future, but quite clearly uh, we have to be uh, more selective than in the past, uh, unless uh, we can uh, really destroy a lot of uh, um, public uh, resources. So, uh, as you can understand, uh, counterparty risk uh, is uh, really related to uh, the liquidity uh, risk, uh, because uh, this uh, uh, would uh, change significantly the structure of our balance sheet. Uh, and uh, finally, as well, uh, the reputational risk, uh, because uh, when uh, we manage uh, the savings of, of our customer, clearly the way we, uh, we uh, address uh, the uh, request of our customers in terms of uh, assets allocation can be different uh, for our profit and loss uh, and uh, for our uh, uh, balance sheet structure. Which are uh, the main uh, problem uh, personally uh, I do see uh, for uh, the future? Clearly, uh, as I said, uh, a significant uh, problem will be how to fund uh, the long-term uh, uh, assets uh, uh, we will have. Eh? So uh, today the um, securitization market is almost closed. Eh? Uh, the bond market uh, for financial institutions is almost closed. Eh? And we know perfectly that uh, uh, the savers are uh, uh, allocating their long-term savings in a more and more efficient way. Mainly to pension funds or to uh, mutual funds uh, that are that do have uh, a long-term perspective. So there is a structural gap uh, of long-term uh, financing need vis-à-vis uh, -vis, uh, the uh, long-term deposit base uh, we can have. We have to understand how to close this gap. Uh, we can close a gap. Uh, uh, moving or bringing our customer directly to the uh, debt uh, capital market which uh, will create a lot of uh, rigidity in uh, the overall economy uh, because at the end uh, when a bond is expiring and a company is not capable to repay the company goes, goes bust um, because uh, it's difficult to uh, renegotiate the terms uh, of a bond while uh, usually a term of a, a credit line can be uh, rediscussed uh, with the bank. Uh, and also, uh, we, uh, we will uh, create uh, some uh, issues to uh, medium-sized companies that are not capable to go directly to the debt capital market. So it's something that uh, uh, is still uh, uh, pretty unclear. Uh, um, I think that this is uh, one of the major issues uh, uh, the financial industry has uh, uh, to manage. And clearly, in my opinion, one of the main responsibilities we have is the fact that uh, the securitization market uh, has been uh, destroyed by ourselves uh, because uh, we have not been able uh, to issue securities uh, that were uh, transparent, uh, uh, that were uh, understandable by the buyers and so on and so forth. I'm talking of the overall industry. I'm not talking of anybody in, uh, specifically. So I think that this is... Uh, something on which uh, we have to uh, think uh, uh, quite a lot. Other uh, big questions, uh, as I said, is uh, uh, what about uh, uh, the uh, strategic uh, setup of the bank, uh, of any bank? Uh, who will be uh, the producer for uh, uh, some uh, uh, products uh, we are distributing? Uh, uh, mainly all uh, the uh, products that are using balance sheet. Uh, so because clearly the independent producer will disappear. Uh, so it will become more and more difficult uh, to understand how to serve our customer base in the proper way um, if uh, we don't want to be uh, in these uh, businesses because uh, we are not uh, big enough in order to be uh, a good quality producer. Clearly, there are, uh, there are issues in terms of uh, um, what is the value uh, for uh, uh, our stakeholders in being a multinational bank, uh, which is uh, another big uh, topic uh, that all of us uh, we will have uh, in, front, uh, in front of us. Uh, so there is a value in being a bank present in 20 countries uh, for our stakeholders, not only for our shareholders or not, and uh, what is the position of the local authorities? vis-a-vis uh, -vis that, uh, because clearly 
um, a local authority always uh, to have uh, uh, to uh, manage uh, a risk uh, which is not uh, entirely managed uh, locally by them. Uh, and uh, uh, finally, uh, what is uh, the business model uh, in terms of uh, commercial banking versus investment banking, uh, where I think that, for instance, we have made a very clear choice. Uh, we will uh, be in the investment banking business only in order to serve, to serve our own customer base. Uh, so we don't want to be uh, in uh, any business uh, that do have uh, uh, um, a position-taking activity, uh, because uh, we think that uh, is unmanageable in terms of risk profile for our customers. How to make uh, all these things uh, sustainable uh, for uh, uh, our uh, stakeholders uh, clearly is uh, the key issue uh, we are uh, discussing continuously in our boards uh, in terms of uh, risk profile uh, uh, for our customer base. Uh, that could seem something uh, pretty simple, uh, again, uh, is not. Uh, uh, um, for instance, we have never-ending discussion uh, of our retail network uh, if to sell only passive asset management or also active asset management. Uh, uh, and clearly there is a huge difference in terms of uh, margins. Uh, there is also in the long run a huge difference in terms of potential results uh, for the customer. Uh, or for instance, we have decided not to sell anymore uh, uh, any uh, specific bond but uh, government bonds to our customer base. Uh, reducing dramatically their freedom for choosing, but uh, uh, reducing also dramatically the reputational risk uh, we are taking. Uh, uh, because, uh, uh, for instance, today for everybody it's clear that uh, Lehman uh, was uh, at the end uh, uh, apparently something not uh, uh, acceptable, but uh, in many cases the Lehman bonds have been sold uh, when uh, Lehman had a rating uh, two notches higher than the government, the Italian government. Um, so, uh, again, uh, this is something that afterwards is always clear uh, uh, when uh, you sell something is uh, by far less clear. So uh, how to manage such kind of things uh, clearly is uh, pretty complex. I've taken my 25 minutes, uh, so I, I will, I'm ready. Uh, I can understand that I've been a little bit technical and we are always living with this, such a problem, sir, but... Uh, uh, I'm uh, more than happy to answer to all your questions. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to throw it open, but let me just begin with just one question. You talked about the incompatibility of investment and commercial and personal banking, unless it's just working for your, for your clients. And yet, just yesterday, Goldman announced that they were having their internal bank, going to be chaired by Jerry Corrigan, going to be an internet bank, going to be hoovering up deposits. So Goldman's have got it wrong. Uh, in my opinion, yes. Uh, again, I'm not uh, a blank fan, but uh, I think that uh, in the long run, uh, so Goldman is by far the best in terms of uh, risk management uh, and uh, uh, position taking. Uh, in any case, uh, if uh, they want to remain in this business, they will have a significant volatility because we know perfectly that uh, you can be right 60% uh, of the times uh, if you are really good. Uh, you have at least 40% of the times you're wrong. Uh, so you can have a good risk management, but uh, clearly institutional uh, um, institutional uh, uh, customers will uh, reduce uh, more and more the margins uh, mm. they, they will leave uh, to uh, a counterpart. Huh? So in order to be profitable, you must uh, have a significant position and more and more complex. Uh, so at the end, uh, in my opinion, volatility will be there. Uh, so it's very difficult. Uh, and this has been the issue we have seen uh, uh, just now. So in, for many uh, players, it uh, um, was considered as uh, unacceptable uh, to have uh, the deposit at risk because uh, uh, they were uh, uh, having uh, significant losses in uh, the investment banking activity. Mm. So it's, uh, it's something uh, uh, really uh, mm. difficult, unless uh, you are in uh, the 
securities uh, business. So we have to see what uh, they want to do. Maybe that they will uh, they will be mainly in uh, uh, in the security business, uh, managing order flows, mm. and not. Uh, yeah. I mean I, th I mean, I think there's a lot of logic, and absolutely, in what you say. The only difficulty is, I guess, that in September and October, um, you could have gone bust um, being right, uh, because uh, the market, as you mentioned yourself, wasn't interested in the, in the pure investment bank um, model or wasn't interested in funding it, even though probably we would all agree that the performance of the standalone investment banks has been better than the performance of the yeah. universal banks. But yes. Uh, uh the, the, I think that the liquidity issue. Um, so and there is no bank that can uh, survive to uh, a, a run to the to the branches. Mm. Uh, I think that no banks can survive to that uh, uh, unless uh, they have 100% uh, of their assets uh, in liquid position, uh, which is unsustainable. Uh, clearly. Uh, because you are not uh, playing your function. Um, so the um, mismatching you have in the balance sheet is quite important, uh, um, uh, clearly. Um, but again, uh, the major issues have been related to the volatility of the results uh, uh, related to uh, losses uh, yep. in uh, uh, the carry trade positions. Let me open it uh, up, and if you could uh, say who you are, as you ask, chap uh, in blue, top, yeah, microphone on this way. Thank you. Uh, my name is Matteo Napolitano. I work for the Economist Intelligence Unit. One of the issues that you mentioned is um, assessing value to your stakeholders of being a multinational company. And given that you're um, um, president in so many uh, Central and Eastern European countries, I was wondering if we can interpret this to mean that you're possibly uh, assessing the possibility of um, reducing your presence in Central and Eastern Europe, and whether you think that the country risk of these uh, <coughs> attached to, to the region has uh, increased in the last few months. Thanks. Uh, talking of us, uh, we have a significant presence in Central Eastern Europe, uh, uh, fortunately enough, uh, very uh, fragmented. As you know, the main uh, country uh, we have is Poland, uh, and the weight of Poland is close to 7% uh, to our revenue base. And then uh, the second largest country is below 3%. Uh, so we are very differentiated. Um, clearly, and we have to understand also what will be the answer of the authorities, uh, uh, today the, uh, the model uh, is uh, challenged by the fact that there are a significant national uh, answer to the problems. Uh, so the nationalistic approach is quite significant. I still uh, think and I still hope uh, that uh, uh, the view of uh, uh, going towards a further integration of Europe uh, uh, will be uh, uh, the way. Um, we are uh, fully convinced that uh, there is a lot of value in such a presence because we can reduce significantly the cost base uh, and uh, thanks to that we can uh, provide services at a lower price uh, for our customers. There is a diversification risk uh, for our, uh, because uh, today we are all talking of Central Eastern Europe, we have to remember in terms of risk, uh, we have to remember that uh, has been and continue to be a significant uh, growth driver uh, because uh, uh, the financial industry is an industry quite related to the GDP growth, and uh, clearly in Central Eastern Europe the growth rate is and will be higher than in Western Europe, uh, so it's uh, is important. Um, clearly uh, the uh, specific country risk in some area has created some worries to us, uh, unless uh, we would be uh, not, uh, uh, not clever or we wouldn't manage properly the bank. Uh, In some cases, uh, uh, we, we, we are exposed. In some cases, we have reduced our exposure. Uh, also, in uh, considering the uh, intra-group uh, credit lines, uh, we are managing in a dynamic way such a dimension. 
next, yeah. Full thread. Mike is on its way to you. Mr. Perfumo, buonasera. Um, I'm, I'm Alfredo from Mexico. I'm taking the LLM program. And you were talking about the role of banks in a globalized economy. And what do you think about the idea to abolish the bank secrecy in order to face uh, organized crime? Uh, I'm quite in favor to that. Uh, as you know, uh, there are few countries where there is a bank secrecy. Not all the countries do have the same situation. Um, uh, in the in Italy and uh, in the group, because we, we respond uh, to this uh, uh, regulation all over. It's quite interesting. The compliance rules are the mother company rules. Uh, we have uh, uh, an anti-money um, uh, laundering uh, rule, which is quite uh, strict. Uh, and we are forced to apply this rule all over the group, uh, because unless as holding company, we are responsible. And, uh, so I think that this is another important uh, and positive element of the uh, multinational concept in banking. Uh, now, uh, I think that uh, 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 we don't have a presence in Spain, but uh, uh, the largest bank in your country, if I remember correctly, is... Uh, He's from Mexico. Uh, yes, but it's a Spanish <laughs> bank, uh, because BBVA is yeah. uh, or the largest or the second largest uh, bank in the country. And, and the other one is Citibank, so because... Uh, mm. Uh, they would apply their mother company rules. Uh, so it's, uh, and this is quite important. So uh, yeah. Bank of Italy is uh, sending uh, in auditors uh, all over the group in order to see if we are compliant with the rules uh, <laughs> in Central Eastern Europe or whatever. Yeah, next one in the same row, and then I'll come to you. Thank you. Uh, Rafael Gomez from Exclusive Analysis. Uh, a number of politicians in the UK and abroad have said that investment banks were irresponsible uh, in creating the conditions for the credit crunch. Were they? Uh, I think that the best answer is the first page of the G20 declaration, uh, where uh, everybody is taking his part in terms of uh, uh, responsibilities. Uh, because, and personally, I think that today is wrong to say. Uh, this uh, piece uh, of the system uh, uh, was the, the one who made the mistakes. Uh, because all of us, we have contributed. We have to be very honest on that. Uh, um, all of us. Uh, so clearly. And then uh, each of the uh, piece of the industry has to understand, uh, or, or of the system has to understand where uh, are the mistakes uh, uh, he did. Uh, to say we're irresponsible. Uh, uh, I think is uh, uh, too tough because if they were completely responsible, somebody was uh, uh, allowing them in being irresponsible. Uh, so all of us, uh, we have under-evaluated uh, uh, risks, uh, clearly, all of us. Um, we have also to remember that this uh, quote-unquote irresponsibility uh, allowed the world to grow by 5% for three years in a row. Mm, never happened before. And so we have to ask uh, to the millions of Chinese or Indians that today are living by far better than uh, five years ago if this was uh, uh, so bad uh, or not. Uh, because we, we always have our own perspective, while I think that we must have also the perspective of others. Clearly, there has been significant mistakes, unless uh, we wouldn't have what we have today. We have to understand how to avoid for the future. Personally, I think that today the main focus must be in what to do what we have to do tomorrow morning in order to uh, reduce uh, the potential impact of this crisis. Because we have to be uh, very clear now, the crisis is moving towards uh, the real economy. Uh, also in the real economy have been made many mistakes, uh, because today there is a, a warehousing structure which is overloaded uh, in all the chain. Uh, because everybody was thinking that the commodity price would go up uh, forever, so there are plenty of commodities and uh, plenty of raw material, so, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, how to deleverage all this structure is pretty complex. Uh, so I think that for all of us, we have to understand what we have to do on our side in order to avoid this uh, uh, real economy slowdown will be dramatic. Uh, and, yeah, the back there. 
Thank you. <coughs> Sorry, you did have your hand up. Yeah, I'll come, come back to you next thing. Uh, Drew Hillier, I'm a financial editor. Um, I was going to ask a different question, but I have to pick you up, sir, on the one you said, if you were acting irresponsibly, if you were, I notice you say were, um, then somebody allowed us to act in that way. Um, maybe you should have the conversation with Sir Howard Davis as a former <laughs> head of the FSA as to who you think should have been regulating you in a more active way and why they weren't and why you needed such a heavy hand placed on your shoulder in that case, which you are implying by that answer to the previous question. Things that uh, again, uh, unfortunately, I have not uh, here with me this uh, G20 declaration, and I think it's uh, is pretty clear talking of different uh, uh, responsibilities. Uh, personally, I'm not happy in saying I'm more guilty, is uh, more guilty, or she is more guilty uh, of something. Again, now we have to be focused on what has to be done. Uh, have to be done in order to uh, reduce the impact and also uh, as a large European bank uh, talking of supervision uh, we have been uh, uh, strongly lobbying in order to have a more coordinated uh, supervisory activity in Europe uh, uh, I think that uh, there has been uh, a significant improvement in the last few years I think that you can uh, confirm that uh, but uh, uh, clearly, um, for instance, the fact that we have the uh, Central European Bank uh, and we don't have a similar uh, body for uh, the large multinational uh, banking groups uh, is, uh, in my opinion, a big issue. I would like to see uh, the lender of last resort and uh, the regulator in uh, uh, the same, at least uh, for the banking sector, in the same position. We know that uh, here in the UK is different. Uh, um, because uh, uh, we have seen uh, that uh, in a crisis uh, situation to have uh, uh, the same body with the two functions uh, uh, can help quite a lot because in some case, in some case uh, a, a very uh, rapid intervention uh, is uh, very important. Um, but again, uh, uh, for instance, one of the outcomes of the G20 meeting has been that uh, they are all uh, the governments are asking for a higher level of coordination of the supervisory activity yesterday. I don't know what uh, has been uh, exactly decided by the ECOFIN uh, on uh, the capital requirement directive, but apparently there, are, uh, there is some step forward. Um, uh, it's also uh, it's a difficult situation if we will not solve uh, how to manage a crisis, because at the end, uh, who are the taxpayers that are paying? Uh, so we need uh, many different uh, reforms. Uh, the uh, guarantee, uh, the depository guarantee funds, uh, uh, we must have a European depository guarantee fund or uh, we will remain with national guarantee fund. Uh, we will have the same rules everywhere. So there are many issues that are very difficult to be solved. What is important is uh, to take this crisis as an opportunity to make step forward and not uh, step back, in my opinion. Uh, man in the grey jacket who's been patient. Thank you. Thank you, Luca Beccarini. Um, Mr. Profumo, I would like to go back to the question of uh, investment banking. Uh, you say the investment banking model is not dead, and I found it very, uh, very interesting. My question is uh, the, the pure investment bank of the future. Do you expect it uh, to be a public listed company, or would it be better to have a pure private uh, company in order not to be, let's say, submitted to the fluctuation of the stock exchange. Also as a unicredit as a potential future customer of those, uh, those entities. As a customer, for me, if they are listed or not uh, is uh, irrelevant. Uh, uh, the problem is uh, uh, there are uh, shareholders that uh, would like to have uh, um, uh, a stock with an high volatility. I think that there are shareholders that uh, are looking for such kind of uh, uh, elements because uh, if uh, there, this uh, kind of uh, uh, 
uh, investment banks would be a partnership. Uh, the question is, can they have enough capital in order to manage the position uh, they, uh, they must have? Uh, so it's a and again, they are, they are playing. They are playing a very important function in the in the in the market, because today uh, all of us we are not considering the fact that to have somebody who manage uh, uh, the um, order flows uh, taking position is really a very important function, uh, because unless uh, we don't have any uh, caution, uh, any uh, amortizer of, uh, so is a. Uh, 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 and we are talking of uh, uh, equity, currencies, uh, um, uh, interest rates, uh, and commodities. Uh, so we need uh, uh, such a player, uh, more than one, hopefully. Uh, a, partner, a partnership can have enough capital uh, is a big question mark, and I don't think so personally. So I think that they have to be listed, uh, uh, clarifying pretty well uh, what is the risk profile. I think that the model which is that is uh, are the investment banks that want to use their capital in order to take customer and then uh, to have uh, uh, deals uh, from them uh, because uh, again uh, they can't use anymore their capital. Their, their balance sheet uh, for taking uh, credit risk. Uh, go to the polar neck. Just the mic is just coming to you. Don't worry. Two quick questions. Hi, my name is Massimo. I study here at LSE. Um, you, there is something I didn't understand what you said, Mr. Performer. You said on one side that banks which have a deposit base have a comparative advantage over brokers. But at the same time, you said that uh, investment in the future, you don't believe in the universal mo uh, model and that investment banks cannot be at the same time commercial banks. So who is going to do investment banking? This is my first question. And the second one, one of the issues of this crisis was about accountability. And I wanted to know your view about uh, the reform of executive pay, your view about reforming the, packet, the bonus packages given to uh, management and, uh, and, uh, and the like. Thank you. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, I've said that uh, uh, if you are a commercial bank uh, with uh, a deposit base, uh, uh, you can't have uh, a very high volatility in your results. Uh, and uh, since uh, I do expect that the market-making activity will uh, create a high volatility in results, uh, I think that the two things uh, can't work together. Then um, we have to define. Uh, Usually in investment banking, there is uh, the advisory side, uh, and this uh, can be done by everybody. It's not absorbing capital. It's not very volatile in terms of results. Uh, and uh, you have the market, uh, uh, the, the market activity, uh, and I'm referring to this uh, uh, part of the business. Uh, for this part of the business, uh, you need uh, capital. You don't need deposits. Clearly, you have to fund uh, your positions, uh, but uh, uh, this can be done on the market. Uh, talking of uh, um, compensation, um, the uh, real issue on compensation is uh, uh, what is uh, the governance in order to define the compensation, and uh, then to have a structure of compensation that is not uh, incentivizing uh, short-term results. Um, and this is uh, the, main, uh, the main issue, in my opinion. A question behind, a woman behind, yeah, uh, with a white scarf, thanks. Hi, Dominique Lam. Um, given that the problems we see now are the manifestations of the bursting of the credit bubble, and that we've seen credit bubbles in the past um, in Asia and going back to um, the 17th century with the tulip crisis, um, to what extent do you think um, banks could have uh, foreseen and managed the risks that you mentioned in your talk um, to manage the credit bubble? Um, and if, if not, does the role um, does, does the role rely on um, central banks and uh, regulators to manage the crisis uh, when it happens? 
think that uh, uh, also the uh, um, the private uh, um, player have to uh, so we have to manage our business in a sustainable way uh, because uh, we are paid uh, in order to create uh, long-term uh, so value for our shareholders uh, uh, and uh, values related to the sustainability of our results. So the more we are capable uh, to manage uh, uh, by ourselves uh, the, uh, what's happening in the market, the better it is. Uh, also because when we are not capable and there is uh, the need for an external intervention, our reputation is uh, uh, hit uh, significantly. Uh, so uh, clearly it would be better if uh, we are capable to manage uh, by ourselves uh, potential bubbles. Then clearly uh, bubbles can be created or usually are created by uh, uh, liquidity uh, or by other things. Uh, uh, so it's something that uh, again must be managed uh, in a coherent way by uh, the different players. Um, I think that uh, uh, regulation is key. Uh, I'm always saying that the market is done by rules uh, and uh, independent authorities. So we need uh, clear and strong rules and clear and strong independent authorities. This is a, a key element in order to have a market. We'll take one last question, I think. A woman over there, yeah, with specs. Hi, yes, your topic is banks and the globalized economy, and I want to know your opinion on the region's hardest hit by this financial crisis and those that are gonna have the hardest time recovering from this. I think that uh, all the regions are uh, heavily hit. Uh, in my opinion, uh, U.S. will be the first one uh, that will come out, also because without U.S. coming out on, from the crisis, uh, uh, the world will not restart. Uh, uh, China is not big enough in order to, to be the engine uh, for the world growth, uh, in my opinion. So really we need, and also the consumer confidence uh, will uh, restart in U.S. And this is uh, a key element. Um, Europe, uh, as usual, uh, mainly continental Europe, uh, will be uh, uh, the uh, latest uh, that will come out uh, from the crisis, mainly because of the fact that we are driven by uh, export, because uh, in internal consumption uh, in uh, at least uh, um, two of the four uh, big countries in Europe uh, uh, is uh, uh, very low. Italy and Germany and will remain low. Uh, so uh, it's key that uh, US and uh, Asia will uh, start to grow again uh, in order to have uh, an export flow, to have uh, again uh, a positive uh, uh, growth in, uh, in Europe. Uh, I think that Central Eastern Europe will be uh, quite important uh, because in any case, uh, and. Uh, um, they will slow down, but they will remain uh, uh, a portion of the growth uh, uh, engine uh, for Europe. Uh, so uh, the enlargement is quite important in this perspective. Thank you. We'd better uh, stop now since we said we would uh, finish actually a few moments ago. Um, thank you very much for coming. Thanks also to the Italian Society.